East High. Let's go party! Woo! Yeah. I, yeah. It is a new year. It's a it's a new it's a new class year. New semester. New day. New day, and the sun is high. Wrong show. Wrong show. Welcome back to Wildcat Minute. Where we are talking about High School Musical one minute at a time. We are the Amateur Nerds. I am Condra. And I'm Tyler. And we're going to talk to you about this movie, which I haven't seen. And we're getting into it now. Yes. Stuff is happening. What minute is it? It is minute eight, which starts with Troy saying he'll call you to Gabriella. He'll call me? Oh, no, to Gabriella. To Gabriella. I wish Troy would call me. Oh. And ends with Corbin Blue showing some mad boxing out skills to a fellow classmate. Yeah, we don't we don't know it's we don't know well we I guess we know it's Corbin Blue. We don't know that it's whatever his character's name is. Yeah. yeah. So we'll keep calling him Corbin Blue until we have a name announced. But yeah, so we kind of have two different settings for this minute because it yeah we f- it it jumps one week later halfway through. Yep, yeah, we finish the whole New Year's Eve part or the New Year's party and them finishing up their conversation post Happy New Year and then we go into back to school. Back to school to prove to Dad I'm not a fool. Yep. That's a Billy Madison reference. It is. <laughs> so yeah, Troy says, I'll call you. And she's like, yeah. Which is like, good good on good on them. Like, yeah. he works up the courage to say he'll call her. And she says yes. And um, they both pull out their circa <laughs> mid-2000 phone of choice. Yeah. Troy pulls his phone out and he has to do a weird thing where he like opens it and then spins around the top. Yeah. Which is like, <laughs> so weird. <laughs> So it's a so Troy has a flip phone. Gabriella has more of a Nokia style phone where it's like the one, but it doesn't look like it's a slider phone because I think we're just a couple of years too early for a slider phone. And yeah, Troy's. I, I don't think Troy's turns the head of the like the. Top. He does. If you oh. watch it, it tur- it turns the head. Oh, yeah. that's so funny. So he's taking a picture of him. Or he takes a picture pitch- of Gabriella. Yeah. And then she put gives his yeah. hands his cell phone to her so she can put her number in. And then she hands her cell phone to him. And he has to physically because it's a Nokia style. He has to physically turn the phone around and take a blind photo. Yeah. Back in the days he, when he's cameras like posing were, with his face, he's were like, only on one side <laughs> of the phone. Yeah. It doesn't seem like there's enough time for him to take the picture and put his phone number in. But it also raises the question of like I don't know. In the modern day, when you give someone your phone number, you only give it to one, only one person gets the number and the other person texts the other person like, hey, it me. And then magically you both have the number. But if he's going to call her, because this is still in the time when texting may have costed money. Yeah, no, definitely. So he's going to text. Yeah. If he's going to call her, then maybe it's good that she have his caller ID. Yeah, definitely. I would think he probably did put it in. I think it he does. Okay. But yeah, it was just funny to me that like, not only like, not only is it the process of them taking out these ancient phones, but the kind of process of them taking the pictures, which is something weird. I think pictures for contact was much more important i remember like doing that with people i had like an old style i had the one of the razors which was our mother roller razor yeah Yeah. um which our mother gave to me which is not razor thin by the way it's still about a centimeter thin yeah more than a centimeter it's it's pretty thick phone still and then i had a slider (laughs) after that and i think there was some sort of i even noticed this like our cousin 
one of our cousins. Um, she's 13 or 14. 14 now. She just turned 14. Uh, she asked me about six months ago what my favorite animal was. And that was going to be my contact photo for her. <laughs> so I think there is something like this photo association. When, especially when you're a teenager and like so much of your life is like these kind of like MySpace, like, uh, like social media, like rules that you have. And you're like, everyone has to have like just the right picture. It's their contact in my phone. And it's like the, I mean, I draw the MySpace connection because it's like the who's in your top eight like type thing where it's like there's a lot of politics into like if you don't do the right thing then it like gets very awkward yeah for no reason yeah even like back when I was that age and AIM you were like screen name had to be a very specific thing and like it wasn't your name but it was something you liked and like it had to be just quirky enough and it was a big deal like if you are one that you got before you were like 10 years old didn't reflect you anymore it was like oh you had to really ask for a new one because like you needed to better reflect yourself and have the right (laughs) have the right stuff yeah and be in the like assemble your groups in the right way so I think this gets to that like mindset yeah so they do the little picture thing and then Gabriella immediately leaves yep yep Troy doesn't even realize it He's like looking at his phone, making sure all the information is in right. And she ducks out and he's like, hey, I just want you to know that uh, singing with you was really great. It was the most fun I've ever had. And wait, you're not there. No, it was the most fun he had on this vacation. Yeah. Not the most fun he's ever had. Yeah. Maybe he went to Disney World. And then he also asks where she lives. Which is like the whole like, ooh, they don't know. They don't even know that they go to the same high school yet. Yeah, they don't. No, it's it's funny that their number exchange press like is a precedent for like, oh, let's exchange contact information. Then let's get to know each other. Like, all right, we've got names. Now we've got contact information and then we'll get slightly more. Yeah, well, the, like the when, building you, meet, of a when relationship. you meet someone, you don't Im- immediately ask like where you're from. Like it's it's I guess it's I'm, a building block thing, but it doesn't have to be the first thing. Yeah, I guess it's so ingrained like college and academic introduction. It's like name, year, uh, <laughs> That'd be where funny. you're from. That'd be funny if Troy asked Gabriella, hey, uh, where are you from? What's your class here? What's your major? And uh, what's one quirky fact about you? <laughs> yeah, no, it's like, I guess I'm so ingrained in that like academic, like how do you introduce yourself? Or if it's not your major, it's, oh, what are like... What's your what? hobby or like what's a club you do? Or... Yeah, depending on the situation. Yeah, it's just, they're, they're starting to get to know each other. I think also part of it is they've come to this space where lots of people from all over the country potentially yeah. have joined. And what and... if she's in a different time zone and he calls her and it's like 6 a.m. where she is? I think that's a valid question. Like, <laughs> I'm trying to coordinate like friend meetings and I have people in different time zones and it's like, okay, let's be very strategic about what time of day we do this at. Yeah. So... One other thing is that Troy, Troy like looks at his phone and he says Gabriella, and he just kind of looks up. Hopefully, like he already knew her name. I think it's more of like an excite. I didn't, I didn't see it as that. I saw it as like a oh crap. What is it? Um, I wrote Little Mermaid, but that's definitely not the right movie. When like there's like this prince or male protagonist in one of these Disney films that like gets their name and then like sighs and like a oh. They were really cool, and I want to know them more. And like, maybe yeah. they're a future love interest. Yeah, it's the sort of thing that happens. I'm, I'm, I'm blanking too, but it definitely is like a thing. Like you learn their name, and it's like after the first meeting, they're like, ah, yeah, and they're, it, they're excited. It's, it's young love. It's precious. But also, maybe Gabriella's a ghost. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to recreate 
what you had said when we were watching it probably the third time. Well, well, Troy turns like Troy's looking at his phone and then he turns around and sees Gabrielle's not there because maybe he's a ghost. Oh um, no. And then he talks to all the other people around him and he's like, "Where's that girl I was saying with?" She was like, "What girl? What girl? Are you saying alone?" <laughs> That girl hasn't been seen in 30 years. Oh, no. Oh, oh, you're talking about Gabrielle. Yeah, she's the karaoke ghost. She she sings with someone on New Year's Eve every year. She knows how to party. (laughs) But no one ever ever recognizes her because it's always a different MC. But he has photo evidence. Well, that'd be funny if if then he looked at his phone and it was like a skeleton or just a a picture of nothing. Yeah. 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 Or like the Beetlejuice style, like sheet over... With no feet, that'd be funny too. I wait. I really like the idea of like he like he looks at it for like a second. It's like like a pretty girl, and then he like looks away, and then he looks back, and it's a skeleton. She's also a <laughs> hacker, and like got into the phone. <laughs> hacker ghost. Yeah, ghosts. Women ghosts can be hackers. <laughs> Hashtag ghost feminism. <laughs> and then we then we kind of fade is it a fade or a cut I, it's a cut okay it's a full it's a pretty cut. hard cut too because yeah. then the music really transitioned the music fades more i think we were just unfortunate in the way the minutes fell yeah it's pretty half and half though i don't know the exact second point it transitions on but then we cut to the floor or the ground a pan of... yeah we're panning across this kind of floor etching what's the engraving an, an engraving or uh not relief yeah no. not not a relief but picture that like where you're on the ground and it's like engraved in stone and it's supposed it's like an image of the high school but it's um, not the high school it's not actually like and then we pan up to see the actual east high school which is where the movie takes place for the most part we kind of have this i mean it's a good enough artistic shot where we're like we're panning across this ground this engraving and then maybe a couple feet walk by yeah and then we pan up and we see like, oh, this is a lively high school with people and buses pulling up. In terms of an establishing shot, you could do worse. Definitely. I think also there's, um, so while we're panning, we also see one week later, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Albuquerque. So we are in a warm place, hence yeah. the sunshine. Yeah, it is weird because in the last minute, like not in the last minute, but in the last segment, it was like, it was like really starting to snow where they were. Like you, like not just for like Troy and Gabriella, like, like some cute snowflakes on their hair, but like there was a pretty wide shot where you could see the whole crowd of people behind them watching the fireworks and it was really snowing. Yeah. And oh, I guess that's something that happened in between this minute and last minute. A bunch more people came outside. Yeah, they saw the, they heard the, probably heard the fireworks and started coming out to watch them. Yeah. And so that was part of it too. Gabriella got lost in the crowd. Yeah. And now it's one week later and we're in the the warm sun of Albuquerque. Oh yeah. I mean, nothing really happens in this segment. No, I think so. So we can talk a little bit about the music and just the establishment of them at this high school. So there's that climate difference, but also there's a different, it's a different energy to it. Yeah. You've got this very collegiate, like academic, marching band kind of music going on yeah, in the background. Yeah, it's like a fight song, fanfare type thing. That it's fight the, song, the, that's what I was looking it's for. It's the wildcats everywhere, throw your hands up in the air. But uh, just it's that like a little chant. part, yeah. yeah. 
And then it repeats, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's part of we're all in this together, but a very small part of it. Yeah. That song, I would assume, is like exists in the high school musical world. Like in the like it's diegetic in the sense that like at some point someone wrote that song and was like, This is now the fight song for the East High Wildcats. Yeah, it's like the cheerleaders <clears throat> song that they dance to kind of yeah. thing. Or the marching band drum corps can play it or whatever. And yeah, we're at East High. Like like we said, like the engraving of the high school that they're looking at is not the same as not the same building as the high school that we actually pan up to look at yeah but that is a real building it is a real high school oh yes i have the mild background information about east high school in salt lake city utah uh, which was the filming location for not just this movie but the part of high school musical 2 that was took place at the high school and high school musical 3 and i believe high school musical the musical the series i don't I'm pretty sure I was looking it up. Yeah. Or at the very least, High School Musical, the musical, the series takes place at East High School, like actually, like the real East High School, quote unquote. Uh. And they're talking and they know that they're the high school that it was filmed at. So I would assume it is the same school. It was built in 1913, has just under 2000 students. On the note of High School Musical, the musical, the series, they did actually put on a play production of High School Musical in November of 2007. Mm -hmm. So the whole premise of that series is like a little fudged, but whatever. Their colors are red, white, and navy. Their mascot is the leopards, not the wildcats. Wow. Wikipedia tells me that their rival is Highland High School. I don't know if uh, the wildcats have a rival. Kind of? Yeah, I mean, I guess they do. Uh, I'm assuming the there's a big sport. game coming up and they're playing whatever West High or whatever. <laughs> and I actually went onto the East High School website um, because it's a public school. It has a website to keep people informed. And obviously during the COVID-19 crisis, it's like, well, we're all shut down, blah, 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 but fourth quarter is still going. And then it says we're all in this together. So clearly there's some of that kind of high school musical residual branding, kind of like uh, my college, which I have now graduated from. Yay! <laughs> Hamilton College will only really in marketing will do like Hamilton the musical references like um if it's like the application deadline is coming up they'll be like don't throw away your shot or whatever like yeah I'm trying to think if like Wellesley had anything like that I think other than like references to some of the alums that was really where they like they would t- pull a Madeline Albright quote and yeah. like use that in their marketing efforts but yeah I think this school has a unique position that they did have the location as a cult it's a cultural phenomenon and people like go it's kind of like this weird mecca for some people not to like equate it to any religious experience i'm not at all doing that but it is a place that people in the general metaphor version of that yeah it is a place people journey to and be like take a picture outside the high school and be like i'm at high school musicals yeah high school the, the, the wikipedia page says that in 2007 it was reported that like 40 to 50 people would show up per day and want to take a picture there and then someone was interviewing maybe the principal or the superintendent or whatever when the series was coming out in 2019 in the end of 2019 and the principal said you still probably see at least one person a day pull up in front of the school and take a picture yeah i actually know someone so one of my college friends that was super into high school musical their parent was on a business trip to salt lake city where this high school exists and like intend the parent knew their fr- like their child was into high school musical, <laughs> so they like took a picture outside i mean there's a little there's a level of dedication for you to know where the high school is like usually it's just kind of a fun like it's, usually it's only something you know if like you live there so like i knew a girl who um went to the school where they shot dead poet society which mm-hmm. is in like new jersey yeah 
And that's usually, that's usually only trivia you know, like, if you go there. So it takes a level of dedication for you to be like, no, like, it's there. Let's go. Mona Lisa smiles as well, Sleaze. That's what it is. Yeah. Sorry. Forgot. Had a moment. I'm good now. But that's everything about East High School, the real version. No, I think maybe part of it, though, is why so many more people know about it is that was part of, it's like... It's the same name. Yeah, it's the, <laughs> one, it's the same name, uh, similar color scheme. They, like, kept some of the stuff up in the halls and stuff, as we'll see as we get inside the building. And then also, so this is, like, teen magazine peak with yeah. this time period. So you had the, mag- like, the teen magazines with interviews with Vanessa Hudgens and Zach Efron and Corbin Blue and all those people and like they talk about their experiences and you see all these photos and stuff and they talk about like this is a real high school. Yeah. So I well, think that helps. Yeah I mean we haven't like I haven't done any like dig into like production details but I would imagine they shot this over the summer and like some scenes are probably still filmed on a soundstage like or I don't think I wouldn't guess that they, like, built extra wings into the school to film in or, like, it's possible that they would have had to, like, increase the size of the gymnasium or something. That's usually something you see. Or, um... The auditorium, they definitely... Or, famously, like, The Breakfast Club was shot, like, in a real high school, but what they did was, like, this whole, like, this whole huge library that they're in is actually just a set in the gymnasium. So it's just kind of like, okay, they, they adapted the space to what they need, like... In an abandoned, that was an abandoned high school, I think. Oh, cool. So, yeah, no, I mean, we are getting into the action. Yeah, and I mean, we kind of pull up to the scene and it's just a bunch of high schoolers, like, arriving to school. Mingling outside. It's like that first day back from vacation and you're, like, hanging out in the common spaces. For them, it's an outside space. It's a little unrealistic in the sense that, like, we see Corbin Blue, like, playing basketball, like, three feet in front of where the bus is pulling up. Like, realistically, that's probably not a place where people are congregating at yeah. a real high school. Or maybe not anymore. There yeah. are safety standards now yeah. that... Well, usually, like, the buses pull out and you, like, want to just get in... You either want to get straight inside or you want to get to an area where you're allowed to congregate. Yeah. Well, and not just the whole street. So, one of my friends who lives uh, in Texas... A lot of their congregation spaces are outside, though. They, like, yeah. lived on... Their, their school was on a campus, and they had congregation spaces outside. And I'm thinking, all right, Albuquerque, probably a similar situation. Maybe not the full campus extent that, like, she had. But also, it was wintertime in Albuquerque, so it's probably, like, beautiful out. And they're like, finally, yeah. weather I can be outside for. Yeah, or I'm also, I'm also thinking of, like, in Spider-Man Homecoming, like, Peter Parker shows up to school, and there's kind of just people everywhere. And it's, like, in the middle of a city, so people are coming from all directions. So we don't really see the surroundings of East High, but, like, if it's, like, we went to a high school that was kind of just in its own location. So there wasn't, like, it wasn't like there was anywhere to go but that building. Yeah. Um, you could hang out three feet outside the building, but it's not like you were going to hang out in a courtyard or anything it was just like this is where we are if they're like in the middle of a street where like there's other things going on then yeah it makes sense for people to kind of be coming from any direction and and that could be the case with albuquerque i'm not familiar enough with that region of the country to say but that could be i mean it is a major city in that state yeah if it's like a city school it might it might not be like in the middle of like a downtown area but it still might be in the middle of like a suburban like well populated well populated area maybe there's other businesses around yeah so yeah I mean, this is so now we're just in generic high school vibe. Like the the closed captions say upbeat pop music. Like it's just like okay, things are going on. It's high school now. Yeah, high school. People have backpacks on and Um, and sport gear. Like they're wearing their colors. People are wearing their like sport sweatshirts and stuff. We get we get like a shot of Corbin Blue like 
fiddling around with the basketball. And then we just get a shot of a random guy. And then we cut back to Corbin Blues to the effect that like, we don't even know that he's like a main character, theoretically. It's just like, okay, people are around. This kid's playing basketball. And it's like, it's, it's something interesting to film, more interesting than people just walking around. So sure, focus on him. It gives it a personality. Definitely. Although thinking about Corbin Blue was a Disney star at this time. Yeah. So like people would know him. Yeah. So it is an yeah, even number. I was going to say that that's kind of it. Yeah. Um, so even number episode. That means we have a Disney Channel original movie of the week. Alrighty. So and this Condor's was, presenting it to me. This was my week to find a decom. And this week I have for you Phantom of the Megaplex. coming Phantom out. Phantom of the Megaplex. And it came out in 2000. 2000 okay you wouldn't know anyone that's in it i could give you the names i don't know anyone that's in it give me some names uh taylor handley caitlin watch watch i'm not sure how to pronounce that and jacob smith jacob smith was the only one i knew he is probably 10 years old in this maybe a little younger he ends up playing in the cheaper by the dozen movies oh great so Um, that's the only reason i knew him because i saw that back in the day yeah, okay. So, Phantom of the Megaplex. Phantom of the Megaplex. 2000. Well, clearly it's a riff on Phantom of the Opera, except taking place at a movie theater, being a Megaplex. I don't know what Plex means, but whatever. Plexi. <laughs> um, clearly, it's, yeah, it's a movie. And so the thing with Phantom of the Opera is that, I mean, the musical and, like, the horror story are slightly different, theoretically, but the, the premise is similar in that there's, like, there's an opera house... That's haunted by a phantom who is like a real-ish but also supernatural person that kind of wreaks havoc on the surrounding, like the the opera house. Except the thing with like Phantom of the Opera and the same thing goes for like Frankenstein and Dracula is that like it's a real story with like characters and it's not like generic horror thing. So I would imagine here it's more like generic comedic horror hijinks happening and not like an intense like psychological or love story it's just kind of like is this movie theater haunted let's go through like a scooby-doo adventure to figure out what it is so that that's just my that's my that's my prediction is that it's a it's a romp in a quasi like a a haunting appearing an appearingly haunted movie theater I'd, i'd guess that like one like one or all of them works at the theater and two of the other ones are their friends that come to the theater and then there's like a a manager who seems to know more than they know and then there's a ghost who turns out to be not a ghost i like you're very close. I mean, yeah, it is a Phantom of the Opera riff. Okay, go go, go for the explanation. So we are looking at a 17-year-old assistant manager who loves this movie theater, and he gives his heart and soul into it, and he's, like, really proud of what he does and wants to eventually be, man- like, senior manager someday. And they are, the whole staff is prepping for this big star-studded movie premiere in which the owner of the movie theater is going to be there. So it's like a big deal. But unfortunately, while his staff is all getting ready and stuff, he also has to bring his siblings along and watch them, which are these other two characters that I mentioned, uh, Caitlin Watch and Jacob Smith, because their mom is going out on a date with her boyfriend. <laughs> she can't reschedule this big movie premiere? No, she has to have this date and her her son has to take her other kids to work with him and he just kind of dumps them in a movie and is like be good I need to prep for this thing like this is really important to me and while they're setting things up getting things ready things start breaking 
the popcorn machine breaks. One of the movies, which is called Cyclone Summer, there's a giant fan that's moved to be in front of the screen and it causes havoc in the theater. Like there's the titles of the movies reflect some of the hijinks that are happening. Yeah. So my guess would be like the, the older brother like thinks that his siblings are like responsible for all this mischief but it's not them it's not uh no and he doesn't think that either okay so they're prepping for that would be some good like first act drama like you gotta stop they're like it's not us we swear and then they like go find out and then like oh the mystery deepens yeah so and the movie they're getting ready for is called midnight mayhem so they're very nervous that something bad is going to happen if all these other ones have these like very title focused things and nice ticking uh, clock because it's going to happen at midnight. Exactly. For the midnight premiere. And so I ended up the sister who was dumped at the movie theater. She left that theater to go see another movie with her friends. And then she ends up helping her brother try and kind of figure out what's going on. And they discover it is the senior manager who is sabotaging everything, which he's just angry i don't there's no reason that he does this other than i'm assuming there's a reason in the movie but he's probably like he's like grumpy yeah like you've overlooked me for so long like senior senior manager though and like maybe he's upset with working like his assistant manager is a 17 year old like well he knows that uh eventually that uh well because he's a projectionist expert actually and he he can see four years in the future that um projectionists aren't going to be useful anymore Mm, um and so he's he's worried like you're all gonna fire me and make me irrelevant and i'm not gonna let that happen so I'm going to sabotage this workplace and make it worse. Yeah. That's that sort of villain logic that's what. <laughs> well, so the owner of the theater like appreciates this kid that he like figured out what was going on and to save the premiere and offers them him the senior senior manager position at the age of 17. And he's like, you know what? Thank you for the offer. I really appreciate it but I need to enjoy my childhood more. And I'm like... <laughs> spend more time with my family or something. Yeah. It makes sense. This, the description says, spend, like, he realizes the importance of his childhood and doesn't want to waste it anymore. Yeah. He ends up, like, the owner appreciates I mean, if- that sentiment, gives him the rest of the night off so he can spend time with his girlfriend, gives him money to go out for breakfast with his girlfriend the next day. I mean, yeah, the real thing for the owner to do is would be instead of hooking him up with senior manager job, which is just like, okay, but you're still just a cog in this machine, be like, hey, you're going to be like like my like my assistant like my personal assistant and you're gonna like get privy to this like rich people stuff (laughs) like yeah and okay so there's there's also this subplot going on about taking the events of what has happened that night and make it into a movie and they turn it it's very it turns very weird and so like the like the final scene is like them at the premiere of the no no oh man it ends with but but that set and I just watched Pee Wee's Big Adventure. But like my favorite thing in any movie ever is for a character to say like I don't need to see it. I lived it, and that would have been the perfect setup. Yeah, <laughs> but so they're like, oh, the Phantom's not a real thing. This is all fine and dandy. But there's actually a werewolf of the movieplex, and it ends with this howling as a <laughs> So. That's kind of also... Well, then it just kind of becomes, uh, what, the Bailey school kids where it's like, 
Like, they think that there's some sort of supernatural thing going on, but every time it turns out to just be, like, a normal explanation that they were hyper-sensationalizing. Yeah, and I think part of the movie script plot, subplot, too, is they recognize there's a lot of, like, really cool, like, these kids are going above and beyond, and also there's, um, the mother gets proposed to at the night, so it's, like, a good happy ending kind of movie. Yeah. So, it's appropriate. But yeah, it seems kind of just, like, generic, like, kids movie fare. Yeah, it's very, it's very... kids friendly phantom of the opera hijinks spooky very scooby-doo yeah but i thought it was funny and mickey rooney's in it as like an old movie lover and he like doesn't work at the movie theater but he thinks he like he's okay he's like there so often that he like he like grabs his own popcorn and they're like that's just mr phillips yeah basically so the chandra is it on disney plus you haven't answered this question yet it is on the it is on the disney plus so you can watch it yourself the couple reviews on imdb were fairly positive which was really weird they were like there's no bad acting in this and i'm like have you watched it recently i'm sure (laughs) but it is there so if you want to watch it yourself if you're a phantom fan or a spooky a decom fan decom fan um what am i trying to think of like it kind of gave me vibes of like the are you afraid of the dark nickelodeon thing maybe less scary than that but but But, on that vibe but yeah that was high school musical minute eight and phantom of the megaplex megaplex we'll call this podcast here um condor where can people find us on the internet people can find us on the twitter at amateur nerds at tyler booty t-y-l-e-r-b-o-u-d-y you can email us at amateurnerdspresent at gmail.com. And a very special thanks to our artist, Theo Golden, at tgoldenart on Instagram. And our music from Joe Winslow. That's from joewinslowmusic.com. I've been Condra. I've been Tyler Boudreaux. We are the Amateur Nerds. And if you want to he- hear more... Nope. Okay. I, g- I gave myself this... What's the opposite of a couch, couch gag, right? Because a couch gag is... Uh, from the opening s- sequence of The Simpsons, every time they all sit on the couch together, there's a different joke that happens. But that's at the beginning of a show. That is at the end of the show. You need to come up with a different setup for how I can say that you can bet on it. <laughs>